Wolf and Luke. We can create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thought, 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 thought. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios here on this fine Wednesday morning. Suns win last night. Kevin Durant's coming back soon. Darius Baisley was available last night. TJ Warren played a little bit. Cardinals hired a coach. How about tomorrow, Wolf? Cardinals going to introduce Jonathan Gannon. Suns going to introduce Kevin Durant. Get used to this, man. Just big additions every week. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, we're getting a little resolution, finally. We're getting some resolve here. It's starting to tick down. We're getting some clarity as to what is going on with both of these teams going forward. Even though there's a lot of people out there that are taking a prove-it approach with Jonathan Gannon, and count me in that group. We're all looking at Jonathan Gannon and wondering what he's going to do for the Arizona Cardinals. Yet at the same time, I don't care about the look. I don't care about how it looks to a lot of people that are in the football universe in regard to the last hiring of a coach. Because I know Bruce Arians was the last as well. I care about the results. That's what I want to see from Jonathan Gannon. Well, you know, we're in this zone right now where everybody is coming out with an opinion on Jonathan Gannon, and they are wide-ranging. And, and I'm trying to to work my way through them. I mean, it ultimately comes back to what do you do on the field. That's really it. Exactly. Like, I'm Kevin Durant. We're not going to be able to. Kevin Durant just weaving his way into the show again, right there. Was that um, me? <laughs> I don't think so. You're not. You're actually not touching it. I think that was actually just what here. I'm thinking. I'm just thinking of of adding Durant to the Suns lineup. Um, the 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 opinions on him range from angry Philadelphia fans, and maybe that's an oxymoron. Philadelphia fans, uh, you know, they just lost the Super Bowl a couple days ago, and it's easy. I mean, that was, I'm sure that was one of Jonathan Gannon's worst games in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes tends to have that impact on opposing defensive guys. Yeah. So you have that, but that's one game against the best quarterback in the league. Okay, can I just say right now, too, you know, um, there there are such things as mental errors that happen on a football Occasionally, field. Occasionally, There yes. are such things as physical errors that happen on a football field. He may have called the best defense to stop a certain play, and somebody get, somebody didn't go out there and execute. Somebody didn't do their job. Do you, do, you, do you have any idea how often that happens on a football field? It, all the time is the answer, okay? So immediately, there are a lot of people doing exactly what you said. They look at you, oh, that, that, he was awful. He was awful in that game. Wasn't awful in that game. Not as far as we know. Maybe the execution was awful in that game. Maybe a mental error happened at the worst time it could have possibly happened. Um, yeah, you know what? I don't buy that at all. Yeah, and, and I just... I just don't really care about that one game. I mean, my my, oh my, my stance has been you know similar to what Ryan Clark said yesterday. I, I've been look at con- you. If you hate the hire, just be fair. Just be fair. 
and admit the fact that he, you, you don't have to point to the Super Bowl. But I don't think that's Cardinals fans saying that. That's Eagles fans no, saying I, it. I think there's, on both sides, I think there's a lot of people saying that. Well, to your point. I, I want to play this clip from Ryan Clark real quick. I thought Lou Anarumo, who was a little older coach, had been in locker rooms uh, for a bit of a time longer than Jonathan Gannon, would be a good person for this job where you get someone that was a former head coach. And maybe none of those guys actually wanted these jobs. But now the flip side. This is the Philadelphia Inquirer, and, and there's stories like this ESPN, when they broke down the Gannon hire, they had Dan Graziano uh, and, and Jeremy Fowler, and they both love the hire for the Cardinals. But I, I'm interested in the perspective of where he's coming from, and that's tough because it's Philadelphia, and they are so extreme, right? Oh, yeah. But the Philadelphia Inquirer story... Um, I'm just going to read you a couple quotes from it. It says, uh, Steichen was the product of his environment, a coalition of offensive minds whose synergy returned excellent results. But losing Gannon isn't just bad news for the Eagles. It is catastrophic. Laurie and Roseman know it. Shane's a good coach, but Gannon's a star. An NFL source familiar with the Eagles told me Tuesday after reports of Gannon's departure to Arizona, he's smart and his defense was really good this year. It was like the Eagles had two head coaches, unquote. That's from the Philadelphia Inquirer. They obviously were going to have a story because the Eagles lost Steichen and Gannon already this week. Yeah, and once again, in my desire to be fair above all else, I'll listen to that right there. This is exactly what I've heard about Jonathan Gannon as well. Can I just say, uh, great, prove it. I, I What is wrong with saying that? Is this is the best thing about the National Football League based on needs. This is what I loved, but beyond all else, was going out on the field and proving it. And just because you say prove it doesn't mean you don't think that this guy is capable of proving it. I, I just want to be fair on both sides of this conversation. The, the ultimate thing about the National Football League is it's the ultimate prove it league. And that's what I loved about the game because it was so in your face. It was so physical. It was just so obvious as to whether or not you did your job or you didn't. And that's why I don't mind ever saying, prove it. Oh, my goodness. That's what every player is trying to do. Every professional player, no matter what sport he's playing, is trying to prove that he's better than the guy trying to stop him from proving that. How about the uh, the name that, because clearly the next step now is what are you going to do as far as coordinators? And everybody's looking at offensive coordinator, and I'm right there because this is now a, a huge hire. This is the guy that's going to be working with Kyler Murray day in and day out. He is, he is the buffer everybody wanted last year between Kyler Murray and the head coach, and they haven't hired that guy yet. But on the defensive side, you had the story that Mike Zimmer could be a potential candidate. Yeah. You want experience. Mike Zimmer is the personification of experience. Okay, that is a rumor that is out there right now, and I know that uh, he left the Minnesota Vikings, um, and a lot of people pointed to it and said, you know what, oh, Mike Zimmer is done in the National Football League. He's 66 years old. He is. Mike Zimmer, uh, the respect that we have for him in the Wolf League compound cannot be measured with human hands, ladies and gentlemen, because um, this is one of the best defensive coordinators in the history of the National Football League, as far as I'm concerned. He is the godfather of the Blitz Bale. 
He's the guy that created the Blitz Bell. How many how many people here know what the Blitz Bell is? Okay, I be honest. If you're if you're carpooling right now, what? raise your hand. Anybody and be that, that listens to the show knows what the Blitz Bell is. <laughs> what now. the Blitz Bell is you're mugging the A gaps. You got two backers that walk up into the A gaps on either side of the center. On his right shoulder and on his left shoulder, they're standing up in the A gaps. Mike Zimmer was the guy that created that. He was the guy that started that. And suddenly you didn't know who was coming. Were they both coming? Were they both going to bail? Was one going to come and the other bail? Or the other one come and the other one bail? You had no idea what was going to happen. It was called the Blitz Bail, and it was meant to confuse protection schemes. It was meant to actually predict what you would be doing with your protection schemes. So then Mike Zimmer could come back with other blitzes later in that very same game, knowing how you were going to handle the double mug in the blitz spell. Fascinating and brilliant. He was the creator of that. Mike Zimmer and the Blitz Bell. Well, the first Take place him all day. The first place I saw the Mike Zimmer uh, name being linked to the Cardinals, Howard Balzer on Twitter. I saw he tweeted that out. So I mean, and it didn't say, "Hey, Mike Zimmer's going to be the guy," but he said uh, Nick Rallis and Mike Zimmer could have spots on Jonathan Gannon's defensive staff. So I mean, there's there's ties there. So it, all eyes on who they hire as coordinators at this point. Uh, innings Festival. Is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. So head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, and Wolf, I'm proud of you. You've you've kind of you've you've been able to be patient until next segment. What has gotten into DeAndre Ayton? Whoa! It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns get the win last night. They play the Clippers tomorrow. Then it's the All-Star break. The Suns will not be represented at the All-Star break. No Damian Lee in the three-point contest, Wolf, but... um, I don't care about the All-Star game. I really don't. <laughs> Not it this feels year. good just to say that, right? Well, I, you Who know. Who cares? We all, we all remember those years where it was like, man, you know, Devin Booker's seriously not going to get voted into the All-Star game again. But that was also kind of all you had because the Suns weren't making the playoffs those years. I think we'd all much rather have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker getting healthy and the team that they have than have representation at the All-Star game. I want to play this cut before we get into this because I keep almost playing it and keep running out of time, okay? This is DeAndre Ayton uh, after the game last night. I'm really speechless, to be honest. We got KD. Ain't that something? That's what I ask myself all the time. Only thing I can do is possibly just make sure I'm ready to play. Because he's going to come ready to play and do what he got to do every night. So, me just making sure I'm an anchor on this team and, you know, just doing the right thing, doing the right things to contribute to a win. He was one of your guys growing up, right? Oh, yeah, most deaf. You know, I ain't really telling the stories yet. You know, I'm still trying to keep the player. But, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you're going to have to find that some other way. But I ain't going to tell him off rip. You know what I mean? But other than that, I'm super excited, man. Um, you know, it's still unbelievable just, you know, coming to practice and you see the same seven-footer, and, you know, it's KD. But everything's falling into place, and, you know, we're making them, making them family, man. He's, um, you know, it's, it's coming slowly but surely for sure. 
Let's just start the playoffs. All right, like what's popping? What's popping? <laughs> uh, where do you begin on that? Where, where do you begin on it? Was is this it? is this it? Is is this the veritable light bulb going on in the shed? Is is this it? I. Because it sure looked like it was it. <laughs> well, to be fair, DA's been doing playing it again, like this. I, I know. Since but, before they traded for KD, okay. but you're right. Last night was different. Last night was different for me, just watching him. De- DeAndre Ayton had four steals in this game. Four steals! He was awake. He was actually looking where the ball was going. And suddenly, hey, you know what? I could reach that and had the the cognition that fired that said, grab that ball, whack that thing. He was engaged down to a point. He had four steals and two blocks. He was dunking with authority, throwing it down and maybe a little hang on the rim as well. He fouled with intent. Did you happen to see him hack Sabonis in the second quarter? Think about it right now, wherever you are, you're driving around. Think about when he came down on Sabonis and hacked him in the second quarter. Like, I haven't seen DeAndre Ayton hack somebody where it hurt. Symbolism there, too, because Sabonis was the guy he was rumored to be traded for potentially last year at the deadline. Remember, that name kept coming up. Yes. All of a sudden, Josh Akogi, when he got undercut while shooting a three, did you see D.A. run over to him, sprint over to him, and put the hand out and lift him up, and yeah! Uh, what is going on? Well, look, he, he looked like playoff D.A. from two years ago. Two years ago, I, I think a lot of us bought into the whole, like, okay, if this is DA and he can't do it 82 games a year, but he can do it in the playoffs, I'm in. And then last year, everything got sideways. But that's what last yeah. night looked like, except, and he just said it right there. He just he just said, you know Kevin, Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. He basically just said, it's Kevin Durant. Can you guys believe we have Kevin Durant? You know he's going to show up. I got to make sure I show up. He, he said that right there. Yes, I, I, I know that. But again, he I don't, he, the playoffs, I, I, this was a better version of DA. This was a more physical version of DA. Than what we saw even in the playoffs. This is him dunking the ball with authority. This is him with a good base underneath him with his butt out and his knees bent. I, this is what I've been talking about for the longest time in regard to watching DeAndre Ayton. Watch how he plays, not what he does. Watch how he plays and not what he does, man. I, I He followed Booker on the last shot of the first half and actually got the follow-up, the tip in, because he followed Devin Booker to the hole. It was, this guy was engaged, he was intense, and it, and it wasn't the what. And the what was 29-11. That's what the what was. 29 and 11. Four steals, two blocks, on fire. But it, the how was even more impressive to me. It feels like there is an element with this team, too, of the trade deadline has passed. This is your team. You know what I mean? If you're if you're DeAndre Ayton, you've been hearing since last summer. I mean, man, you've been hearing since last year if you're DeAndre Ayton. Oh, they might trade you. Oh, they might not extend you. You might not get the max deal. Okay, you got the max deal, but January 15th, you're going to get traded. They know 
they 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 may not know who they are yet because they haven't all played together, but they look around and they say, "This is our team. This is our team. We're going into the playoffs with." There's no, "Hey, is Cam getting traded? Is Da getting traded? Is Mikel Bridges getting traded?" Yeah, Mikel and Cam got traded. They're not here. They're yeah. playing in Brooklyn. They're not out of the league. They get to play. But if you're DeAndre Ayton or if you're whoever on this team, you're looking around and saying, okay, this is our team, though, now. For the first time, I feel like in like eight or nine months, you know who the Suns are. You have the pieces. You just have to put them together. Yes. The dude actually put the ball on the floor. Did you see that play? He put the ball on the floor, got the pass, put it on the floor, and banked it in with the right hand after dribbling twice. Twice. Took it to the rat. How many times have you seen D.A. do that? Not a lot. He, he boxed out more than once. I, I put it down where I saw him literally boxing out and, and, and put check marks next to it like five times. Uh, dude, who are you? That was, that was the final note I wrote down. Wow. Uh, DeAndre. This this is who you are and who you can be. You've got to do it tomorrow night, the night after that, and the night after that. And then you get my point. You have to continue to do it with consistency. Yeah, but here's the scary thing. With everything we're talking about last night, Kevin Durant didn't even play. I he know. was just there. I know. Like, what happens when he plays? And DeAndre Ayton's looking around, and he's like, there's nobody within 10 feet of me. I, I honestly, if, for me, though, I, I think it's once again, listening to KD and the cuts you just played uh, of, of DA, listening to DA, I should say, and, and listening to him talk about Kevin Durant, um, what he's got to get on top of is, this has got to be every day! It's got to be every day! That's who great. you are! That's great that he needs to do that, but I'm saying... And don't tell D.A. this, but take a step back. They can win if he does it every other day now because they have Kevin Durant and a healthy Devin Booker. I, I know. If he does it every day, I don't but that's think you can stop this team. I, okay, but this is you don't want to ever lower the bar for DeAndre Ayton. No, no. That, that, just what I just said was not for D.A. Okay. That was just for you and I and okay. your Suns fans. Okay, like, great. Just, if he doesn't bring it every single night like that, you can still win. <laughs> right. But we want him to bring it every single night. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What would happen if he brought it every single night was prepared? Again, you're, you're going to have bad games and good games because you're a human being. It's going to happen. But can you imagine if he just went out and the how was suddenly filled with effort? Oh, my goodness. I, I can't Run imagine your lives. because we're seeing it more and more often. We've seen it in his last five games. He's put up 31, 35, 23, 22, and 29. Double-digit rebounds every game, but it is the way he's doing. Double-digit rebounds every game except the day after Mikel and Cam got traded and he had two rebounds, but whatever. It's We're seeing it more and more over the last month, really. Some of it as guys were getting healthy, some of it before the KD trade, some of it after the KD trade, and now after the KD trade with KD in the building. What happens in a week, hopefully, when Kevin Durant is on the floor playing for this team? Teams can't account for DeAndre Ayton when they have to put everybody on Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, Watching DA play last night, I went full on Allison Chains, just telling you. 
More on this as the show unfolds. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what will Jonathan Gannon bring to the Cardinals? We're going to ask their sideline reporter. Paul Calvisi has agreed to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Run. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I mean, we're at the point now where we're just doing a separate show during the breaks, Wolf. We're just, we're, I mean, how can you not? With everything that's going on around the Valley right now, we're just, we go to break and then you and I just continue talking about what we were talking about and then it's time to come back. Just, there's a lot of juice. A lot of juice in the basin right now. Now, we're going to bring on somebody who I always marvel at the fact that he's still willing to come on our show. Paul Calvisi joining Pull us. Pull the plug. Right on the Arizona Sports Line. Polly, what's going on? Man? Somebody's got to hold Wolf accountable. <laughs> <laughs> if accountability is the theme this offseason, somebody's got to bring it. For example, Aaron Maloney just told me that Wolf went on his Prove It ran again. And once again, he got it wrong. It's Prove It every day. <laughs> because human nature is such, Luke, and you know this, that people will prove it once and then rest on their laurels. You must prove it every day. That is the saying. Wolf continues to get it wrong. Polly, you just got to prove it right now. And speaking of that, <laughs> your thoughts on Jonathan Gannon, of course, and the fact that now here he is, a first-time head coach. Paul, do you think Jonathan Gannon has got to prove it? <laughs> Uh, apparently, he didn't prove enough to Eagles fans. Uh, <laughs> I'll, say that, I'll say that much. I, I, and I'll say this much as well. Just incredibly dumb. I mean, if Jonathan Gannon wanted to leave Philly something fierce, I wouldn't blame him after what we've come to learn in the last 48 hours, right? I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. You had 70 sacks as a defense. Yes. That's 15 more than any team in the regular season. Hello, there's a reason you didn't bring every blitz in the book because you could rush three or four and drop seven or eight. There's a reason you had the number one pass defense in the NFL because you're able to flood the passing lanes with seven or eight and run zone and then rush three or four. Who would ever blitz when I you mean, have that kind of production? So, I don't get it. He'd still blitz. I just don't get it. You know, it was Super Bowl media night here in Arizona where he was meeting the media. One of the Eagles beat writers actually asked him, said, why do you think Eagles fans aren't totally on board with your defense and you, your top three in every metric in the league? And I get it. They played with the lead a lot and they didn't go against the greatest batch of quarterbacks this year. I get all that. And he told a story of this past season. He went into a restaurant with his wife and kids, three young kids. And he said, within a matter of moments, Eagles fans, in his words, I got dog cussed by oh Eagles fans in the restaurant. No. And he turned to his wife and he said, you know, that's something we've won five in a row. <laughs> and so, and once again, if, so I'm jo- Philly. if I'm Jonathan Gannon and I want out, I wouldn't blame him. I really wouldn't. Uh, Polly, you may or may not know how much Wolf trashes you for saying that uh, Tuesday is the most productive day of the work week. (laughs) But the Cardinals finally hired their head coach on a Tuesday. So what do you think about that? Once again, the case studies prove it. Uh, The analytics are there, Luke. Uh, Any sort of study (laughs) in the workplace says Tuesday is the most productive day. And yes, once again, that was the deal. Look, uh, there's a number of things I I like about this. I I I like the fact that he's not married to one scheme, as he said repeatedly, right? Right. Love it. Cardinals had a defensive head coach not too long ago who was married to one scheme, and it 
didn't work out so well, among other things. Uh, there's other things I like about this. The fact that he's known as a high-energy guy. Uh, Schrags this morning on Good Morning Football, who's very much a Cliff Kingsbury guy, was detailing the difference in personality between a Cliff Kingsbury and a Jonathan Gannon. Uh, how Gannon is a perpetually fired-up, let's-go, high-energy guy. Said a totally different personality than Cliff Kingsbury, for better or worse. So you hear Monty Austinfort say in that interview with azcardinals.com yesterday that he's a natural leader. He has a, a charisma to him, right? Michael Bidwell saying that whenever he's been put in a position to lead, he's excelled. There's that Ross Tucker tweet. A lot of the analysts said in the production meetings, Ross Tucker said that I could tell about five minutes into my first production meeting that he'd be a head coach. And soon. So that's interesting, right? Because how, guys, how often have we talked about it? You can find the best coordinator with the X's and O's, but are they a leader of men? They yes, can, can they command that room? And I know he's young. He's 40. He's younger than Cliff Kingsbury. But he's been in the NFL for 15 years. I think by now you would know whether he's a natural, capable leader of men. And that's obviously what the Cardinals are banking on. Polly, did you actually hear about the rumor out there that maybe Mike Zimmer might uh, become a defensive coordinator under Jonathan that, Gannon? That did sounds like a that? rumor. That sounds like a rumor you would start, Wolf. Okay, well, no. no. <laughs> Why do you say that, Polly? Because he's Mike Zimmer, exactly the greatest ever. The blitz yep. bell. Here yep. we go. Yep. Okay, so you're not innovative and old school. Okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds like your kind of guy, right Pauly, there. But you is, know what? I'm on board with that. If okay, that's the case, right? Okay, I, I think uh, most of us would be on board with that right there. What do you think is the next step right now for Jonathan Gannon? Offensive coordinator. I mean, obviously, as much as DC and Mike Zimmer, that'd be great. I mean, who's who's running the offense? What's the identity of the offense? Um, I, I tell you, I do like the fact he just spent the last two years with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he watched from the inside out on a daily basis. Jalen Hurts go from a guy who was a pretty good quarterback last season to second team All Pro this season. He watched the off season that Jalen Hurts had. The commitment, how every single Eagles player during Super Bowl week, you guys heard all the interviews, how many of those veterans, the Fletcher Coxes, the Brandon Grahams, swore by the leadership of Jalen Hurts. So no. if a Jonathan Gannon can somehow share the best practices, if you will, of a Jalen Hurts, to use a business term and what Jalen Hurts did to become second team all-pro quarterback to Patrick Mahomes and lead his team into a Super Bowl, if he can somehow pass that along and convey that to a Kyler Murray and he can use that as an example, that goes a long way with me as, yeah. as, as your next head coach. And I'm guessing that went a long way in the interview room because you're obviously trying to get Kyler Murray to that level, are you not? Yes. Talking to Paul Calvisi, uh, Polly, now, you know, like you said, you got to get the coordinators next. I mean, you got the combine coming up here in, what, less than two weeks? The draft's not that far away. I mean, Monty Austin Fort has had his hands full since day one when he got here, really. And you know what? If you ask me about the most instrumental or pivotal move of the offseason – Head coach should be number two. To me, it's GM. To me, Monty Austinfort was the big move of the offseason. Wow. Travis Kelsey, he was asked this past week going into the Super Bowl, you know, geez, how did the Kansas City Chiefs make it back? And you and Patrick Mahomes. And he said, he cut off the interviewer and said, hey, have you ever heard of a guy named Brett Veach? Did you ever hear of our GM who pulled RB1 out of the seventh round this year? <laughs> we're, we're starting three rookie corners and a rookie safety. 
you know, George Karloftis, who's been part of that revamp pass rush in the offseason, he went about fixing the offensive line. What did KC do after they lost last year to Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game? They said, you know what? Our old line's got to get better. And it did. And they pulled a lot of dudes out of this past draft. So to me, the key begins with Monty Ossenford. Yeah, and and no, what, you know, right. him and Dave Sears, what can they do to find some players and fill a lot of holes, especially along the line of scrimmage? So, Polly, uh, there, there's a big press conference, right? That's coming up on Thursday, correct? Do you, do you have your try, first Try not question? to screw it up, Wolf, okay? Try not fr- to screw it up. <laughs> Paul, hey, everyone wants to know right now, do you have your first question ready to go? You're not going to come in with some weak sauce and mess the entire press conference up, are you? There's got to be a Kyler question. You saw the video yesterday, which, by the way, was not staged. It was absolutely an organic moment. Yes. My two takeaways from that, thanks for asking. Number one, (laughs) the head coach decision obviously did not go through the franchise quarterback if that's the first time they're meeting. And number two, the head coach didn't feel compelled to go talk to Kyler before accepting the head coaching gig. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of speculation. Oh, gee, Sean Payton's got to go meet with Kyler and before he takes... No, that obviously wasn't the case here in this hire. So, uh, you know... That's was, the separation I'm looking for, yes, Paul. Yes, the separation and maybe a bit of a message sent as well. That you might be the most important player on the roster, but you are ultimately a player, and this is a decision maker. Paul Calvisi, great stuff as always. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Thank you, Paulie. Prove it every day. <laughs> every day, day. Yes, Paul. Even on every day. day. I need a state to prove it in t- every day, Paul. Paul Calvisi joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, back to basketball. Have the Phoenix Suns assembled a super team? Is that a bad thing? Does that still have a bad connotation? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so we're getting closer to that debut of Kevin Durant. Wolf, you were talking about during the break, talked about it earlier in the show, too, like Chris Paul. How different did Chris Paul? Chris Paul last night looked like Wolf when he finds out that there's a meeting going on around here, but it's during our show, so we don't have to go. Like, if we ever need to get Wolf really energized for, like, the 1 o'clock hour, we remind him, like, hey, you see everybody in the newsroom? They're, they have to go have, a like, a station meeting, but That's we don't right. have to because we're on the air. Yes. And then Wolf's just, like, zero to 100 in two seconds. And then, of course, you don't have to sit there and listen to all the good employees that raise their hand and ask a question after <laughs> it, and the, all of a sudden you've, you've been there for 45 minutes because everyone's raising their hand. I, I've got a great question. Okay, just stop. <laughs> well, that's what Chris Paul looked like last night, is when you find out mid-show, you don't have to go to that meeting. Chris Paul was like, wait a minute, my job just got a lot easier. Look at this. That's Man. what he looked like. That's what the Suns looked like. Um, you know, we had this discussion a lot during the offseason. Are you willing to... I mean, we don't have a championship here. This is not other teams that have four or five or six or 20, and they're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to build a super team here and get another one. The conversation in the summer was, are you willing to go over to the dark side, for lack of a better term, to be a super team? Now, here we are. The Suns have... 
the pieces to be considered a super team, but I, I, I would at least contend it's different in some ways. How? One of which being, okay, you drafted Devin Booker. Now, look, all the all the super teams are a little bit different from each other. but I, Sure. This is not three guys meeting and then a year later being like, hey, we're all going to get together as totally free agents. Totally agree, yes. Suns drafted Devin Booker. The Suns traded for Chris Paul when nobody else wanted him. Nobody else wanted Chris Paul. He was being viewed as one of the worst contracts in basketball. And the Suns, yes, traded for Kevin Durant, but they gave up a ton of homegrown talent in Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson yeah, and a bunch uh, of picks. Some people would say that that's why it's a super team. Well, it's because they gave it up. That's Kevin Durant. But it wasn't just, hey, this isn't LeBron and Chris Bosh. We like the Wade's. We're going to go join why, his team as free agents. That's why I'm not going to call it the traditional super team where suddenly a free agency and we got together. We are all hanging out in Barbados with Kevin Ray, <laughs> and we made a decision that we were going to form we this super team. We never asked K. Ray if he liked the halftime so, show, because Rihanna's uh, from I, Barbados. <laughs> oh, I figured he would have been all right. in on that. Yeah, he would have been all over that, but you get my point. So I don't consider it to be a super team, and that's okay. I, I don't care. I really don't care if it's a super team or not. What I do love is the fact that Kevin Durant, based on it's Kevin Durant, after this season, after this season's all done, has three more years here. And you've got an owner in Matty Ish who's saying, yeah, so what, man? We're going to be in the luxury tax. You going to be okay with that? Cost money to win in the NBA. <laughs> you it, know it, just, I mean. it does. Okay, so right now, can we... Uh, yeah, okay, uh, I'm... I want to have a parade. Somebody give me the baton, okay? I'll I'll lead that thing right now. They have a parade on TV right now, but it's Kansas City. It's but not really this doing is the reason why. This is the very reason why Greg Popovich texted what he did to Monty Williams yesterday. This is exactly the reason why. Because a hardcore NFL veteran like me, a wedge buster, who made his 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 life and his career based on bloodying knuckles and noses at full speed had no talent should have been in the NFL for 10 days let alone 10 years and suddenly I want the baton to lead the parade for the Phoenix Suns because this is having an impact on I think this team um, the Kevin Durant impact that, as long as they don't skip steps, is going to pay off. The other two things about this I would just throw out there as far as it's not at least being a traditional super team. I know Kevin Durant over the summer said I'd like to play with Phoenix. And he did ask for a trade. But then he rescinded it. And he, he stuck with his team. And this probably doesn't happen, at least not right now, if Kyrie doesn't just up and decide, I want out. Which was always a factor, because it's Kyrie. But the other part of this is, and we've talked about him today, and I'm sure we will continue to, but most most of these big three teams, hey, we're going to go out and get three big vets. We're going to go handpick three guys and build this team. They don't have a DeAndre Ayton. Again, if DeAndre Ayton plays the way he did last night or the way he has for the last couple oh weeks, goodness. you have a big four. And you have a big four where two of the guys were homegrown. One of them, we don't know his ceiling. We don't know DeAndre Ayton's yes. ceiling. We really don't. Devin Booker is one of the best players in the league. Homegrown, went through it all here. And you're right, it doesn't ultimately matter how it's viewed, but I just, even if I wasn't here in the Valley, I wouldn't look at this quite the same as like, here's three guys that are going to go join the Nets. This is not James Harden and Durant and Kyrie deciding, okay, we all want to play together, now let's pick a city. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know what I you know what I love about this as well too. We all know about the positionless league the NBA has become to some degree, of course, and we're not seeing it as much, I would say, in the regular season as I think we'll see actually in the postseason a lot of it. But one of the things I love about the big four for the Phoenix Suns is each one of them brings a little bit different skill set mm-hmm. for the most part. It's more traditional, and I like that. Go figure. Yeah. It's marginal. <laughs> Where's that sign? Wolf doesn't apologize for being old school as but, of January. But I 3rd. love it. You, you've got DA. DA with his knees bent and his butt out suddenly. You're going to tell me he's going to be that guy as a five and then KD as a four? Is is that what you're telling me? And then you got Devin Booker as a two and you've got Chris Paul, who's a legitimate point guard? Uh, I am, man. Uh, what could this yield? I don't know. But we're all going to sit here and watch this. Isn't it jacked up? This is a jacked up moment to be a, a hardcore sports fan right here in the basin because of what the Suns are doing. Well, because you went from even the most optimistic, and I would probably put myself in that category. I still thought the Suns were contenders this year, even if they didn't make a trade. I still thought they were contenders because we hadn't seen them play together. But they certainly weren't the favorites. And I know a lot of people went from, and you know, there, I had an element of this too of like, let's see what happens in these playoffs, but the window is closing. So hopefully they can get, you know, get crazy in these playoffs because the window is closing as Chris Paul gets closer to retirement. You went from that to everybody's watching us. Yeah. Probably the favorites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, it's one of the reasons why I've changed my stance on Kevin Durant. It really is. This was not the same team. This was not the same team that we saw win 64 games last year. It was not the same team. I wanted to see the same team coming into this season and give, be given that opportunity to go out there and, and make amends, so to speak. But that was not the case. Something was off about this team. We all know it deep down inside. And now um, renewal has come to the basin. This is Monty Williams after the game last night. I think so. I mean, you know, the guys that left, everybody knows how we feel about them. But we also feel an affinity for the guys that came here. You know, they understand what we're trying to do. It's, It's pretty cool. To have a guy on your team that pretty much everybody on the team looks up to. You know what I mean? I mean, you basically have two of them with Chris and KD. And so I think it creates something, and I can't even explain it. It's it's just pretty cool to watch when you have high-character, high-level basketball players in your gym um, that love the game, and they want to get better every day, and they want to see guys around them get better. Again, I, I don't have a word for it, but I know when I'm in the gym, I can feel it. You know, I'm like, these guys look up to Chris and KD, but they also understand that, you know, we're all on the same team trying to, you know, do something pretty cool here. It's a version of what Devin Booker said yesterday before the game of you just got to kind of be in here to feel it. And it's that intangible that you were talking about earlier, Wolf. Like, remember the jolt this team got when they added Chris Paul? It wasn't just, hey, we added Chris Paul and, and look at his numbers. It was the jolt the whole team got, right? Yes. What if you get a jolt like that again, <laughs> in addition to what Kevin Durant's going to do for you on the court and it kind of sounds like that's what they're doing and I would say this this team's main goal coming into this season was how do we figure out to peak at the right time of year and not peak in November or be playing our best basketball in December let's be doing it in May and April and hopefully June 
Well, trading for Kevin Durant and introducing him to your lineup in like late February is a pretty. <laughs> I don't know if you can get a, a better external jolt to your team. Here's the thing I love the most about the cut you just played. Did Monty Williams mention Devin Booker in that? He didn't have to. Listen, this is the greatest thing about it. Devin Booker is as good as he gets, baby. What a bad, bad man D-Book is. And yet, Monty knows. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to cater to him. He, he mentioned Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, how guys look up to him. Meaning Devin Booker as well. One of Book's greatest assets is his humility. Yeah. Self-confidence. That's what makes him who he is. His humility. I he, love it. Durant must be looking around and like, wait a minute. It, in, if, if I was in Brooklyn, you didn't mention Kyrie, then the team would break up again. Monty knew he didn't have to say his name. He didn't have to mention his name. And he knew it. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.